You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. John chapter 1 and verse number 15, the Bible says, John bear witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Verse 16, And of his fullness have all we received in grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. And this is the record of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Art thou Elias? And he saith, I am not. Art thou, not, uh, art thou that prophet? And he answered, No. Then said they unto him, Who art thou, that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. Amen. And you may be seated. Thank you for standing. Thank you for uh, reading that, Brother Dan, for us. And uh, I hope that uh, I hope we never get tired of reading the Scripture. You know, uh, we, we didn't do it for a while, and then I, I told Brother Dan, I said, I love it when we read the Bible. And I want us to make sure we understand that that uh, this is what we're preaching right here. It's not just a bunch of ideas that the pastor came up with during the week, or it's not from, you know, skimming the front page of the newspaper, but we have the Bible, and I'm so glad that we have the Word of God. Um, I want to say, before I forget, I'll, I'll say it again tonight, I'm sure, when uh, Caleb and Jennifer are in, they're in the um, junior church, but Brother and Mrs. Schnur, this is Caleb's uh, dad and mom, Dave and Gwen, uh, of course, they come to visit us, and I'm, I'm sure it's more for the grandbabies than it is for Caleb and Jen, but they come to visit, and we love it when they come. They were uh, members uh, up in uh, Illinois at my dad's church for so many years. They've been dear friends with my parents and our family. And, of course, you say, well, you have to, you have to like them because of Caleb. Well, not necessarily. We like them even even in spite of Caleb. No, we, we love them. But they are, it's, a, it, it's okay to say it now, but they're going to be moving down here and we're excited about them coming. Now, they'll be kind of back and forth. They've got, of course, their daughter and son-in-law and grandbabies that are missionaries uh, over in uh, the UK and they've got their daughter and son-in-law and uh, grandbabies down in Texas. So they'll be kind of here and there, but I hope you make them feel very welcome. And we're so excited that they're moving uh, here and uh, we'll get to see more of them. John the Baptist, we're, we're finishing this series, Lord willing, this morning, and we started back right before the new year. We talked about the announcement of his birth and what a miraculous birth it was, John the Baptist being born to Zacharias and Elizabeth. Then we talked about the significance of John's ministry and how it was prophesied, the kind of ministry that he would have. And then we talked about last Sunday, we talked about the message that the world needs to hear. And it's a message that the world doesn't necessarily want to hear, but the message is that we must repent. 
And if we don't repent, if we don't come to God and confess our sins, then we will face the judgment of our sins. Now, you have two choices. You can either pay for your sins on your own, or you can let Jesus pay for your sins, and he's already paid for them on the cross. You just have to be willing to say, Lord, I'll let you pay for my sins, and I, I'll take your payment, and I'll trust you, and I'll let your blood cover my sin. And so that's the message we talked about last week. Repent, John said, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This morning, I'd like to preach to you on the mission. You could say this was the, 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 the purpose of John the Baptist's existence. Why was he created? Here was his mission. Brother Dan read it for us in John chapter 1 and verse number 15 through verse number 23. We see that John was placed on this earth to point people to Jesus. You say, that sounds familiar. I hope it does. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. We are on this earth not to point people to ourselves, not to point people to a church, not to point people to an organization. We are here to point people to Jesus Christ because he's the only one that saves. He's the only one that can make a difference in your life. I heard a preacher years ago. He said this. He said, my greatest fear in life is not failure. He said, my greatest fear in life is that I might succeed at something that does not matter to God. Now you think about that. Sometimes we lose track of the mission, don't we? And we get our focus on the things of this world and we get our focus on entertainment and we get our focus on, on money and careers and we get our focus on success. And I'm not against those things as long as those things do not take us off course for the mission that God has called us to do. I ask you this morning, what is your mission? What is your purpose? What is the reason that you are here on this earth? Have you discovered your purpose? We all have a life's mission, but we also, we each have a daily mission. I'll use my girls as an example, Lacey and Savannah. I'm sure they, they love it when I talk about them. Maybe sometimes. You probably get nervous, don't you, when daddy starts talking about you. But we were talking about something this week and it was something that they were doing that was good, but it was something they were doing that was good, but it wasn't the priority at the moment. Does that make sense? You understand what I'm talking about? There's a lot of good things that we can do, but the good should never take the place of the best. The good should never take the place of what is the most important. I gave them this example. I told them, I said, girls, I said, let me explain this to you. I said... Um, as the pastor, I have the privilege to pastor the world's greatest church, Victory Baptist Church, and I'm thankful for that privilege. And with that privilege, there come some responsibilities and there come some expectations. Uh, one, and I, it's difficult, but, uh, and uh, Brother Charles, uh, I don't mean to correct you, but you kind of got it wrong in the poem because uh, I've got a pretty good hair day today. And even after wearing that hat under the, for the drive-in service, I went back and I made sure that every hair was in place, all three of them, made sure they were good. And uh, so I know you expect for my, uh, my, my hair to look good on Sunday mornings. And uh, I think I told you this story, Brother uh, Buddy uh, Hoggard, one Sunday or one day, he asked me, he said, Pastor, he said, I just want to know, how do you get your head to shine like that? 
I said, well, I said, you know, you take some polish and some buffing. And uh, no, not that. I said, I think it's the hairspray I use to keep the three hairs in place. I think that's what you see shining. But, um, but anyway, I know you expect for me to, you know, have my hair looking good and all that. But I told the girls, I didn't tell them about that. I said, on Sunday morning, I said, at 11 o'clock, it is the expectation that I'm going to be here at this church preaching. And I said, that's, that's my job. That's what I do. That's my calling. That's my mission. And it's not just any time. It's Sunday morning, 11 o'clock, or it's Sunday morning, 9 o'clock, the drive-in service. And I said this. I said, girls, what if people came to church on Sunday? And what if I was out down the hall and I was, I was vacuuming the hallways? And I was sweeping the steps and I was out picking up trash. I said, those are good things to do, right? We'd all agree. Those are good things to do. But Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, that's not the best thing. The best thing for me is to do what God has called me to do and to stand up and to preach what thus saith the Lord. That would be my, this is my daily mission. Sundays, uh, 9 o'clock, uh, Sunday school, 11 o'clock, Sunday night, uh, uh, children's choir. Those things are my daily missions. Now, you have a daily mission. Tomorrow morning when you get up, you have a daily mission. It might be to go to work. It might be to spend time with your family. It might be to do some things around the house. But we all have a daily mission, and that is to please God. So when you get up tomorrow morning, you ought to say, Lord, what do you want me to do today? What's on your agenda for my life this day? And then you do the same thing Tuesday and every day, but we fulfill the mission. I want you to notice John the Baptist's mission. Number one, the mission brought contentment. Would you notice with me in John chapter 3 and verse number 29? He that hath the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This, my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. John said, I'm happy. I'm content. I'm fulfilled because I know Jesus. I'm content because I heard from Jesus. I am content because I have fulfilled my mission. I've done what God has called me to do. You know, there's a lot of people in life that are miserable. There's a lot of people that are stressed out. There are a lot of people that are all just, uh, uh, just uh, torn up about everything. But you know what brings great contentment? When you discover the purpose that God has for you. When you get on board with the mission, when you accept the mission and say, I'm going to live my life not for myself, not for my own agenda, not for my own interest. I'm going to live my life for Jesus and fulfill the mission. It brings contentment. Notice, if you would, uh, John uh, chapter 3 and verse number 30. John said about Jesus, he said, he must increase, but I must what? Decrease. Sometimes we reverse that. Sometimes we live like it's all about us and it's all about what we want and then we give God our leftovers. I want to tell you, Jesus Christ, he ought to be bigger and he ought to be better and he ought to be praised and he ought to be worshipped and he ought to be glorified in your life and we ought to put ourselves down and we ought to humble ourselves and we ought to realize that this life is not about pleasing self but this life is about pleasing Christ. Our lives, are, we're contented, we're, we're fulfilled when we honor and magnify the Lord Jesus. I appreciate Miss Lydia playing that song, How Great Thou Art. I hope while she was playing it, I hope you were rejoicing just thinking about how good God is. 
and how mighty he is and how powerful he is. And I'll tell you what, I'm glad he saved me. I'm glad he loved me. I'm glad he's preparing a place for me. We ought to be a contented people. Turn with me, please, to John chapter 5. John 5 and verse number 35. It was said of John the Baptist that he was a burning and a shining light. Can I tell you why he was burning? Can I tell you why he was shining? Can I tell you why he was living his life? He was living his life so he could be a light to shine on Jesus. His life was all about pointing people to Christ. You know how it is when you got a flashlight. You got a flashlight and you're not pointing the flashlight at your face unless you're trying to scare somebody, right? But you're pointing that flashlight on the path. You're pointing that flashlight on the, the way that you're supposed to go so you don't trip and you don't stumble. We need some Christians this week that'll get some flashlights out. Not literally, but spiritually. Get some flashlights out and say, hey, you want to know the way to Jesus? Let me show you. You want to know the way to Jesus? Better yet, why don't you come with me? Let's go together. We need some folks that'll be content in pointing people to Christ. Amen. Verse number 31 of John chapter 3. I like this verse. John 3 and verse number 31. He that cometh from above is above all. Boy, that'd be a good thing to say this week. I'm going to get Jesus back where he belongs. He's not second on the list. He's not third on the list. He's not fifth on the list. He's not tenth on the list. He is number one, that in all things he might have the preeminence. He is above all. Let's make Jesus, uh, in, put him back in his proper place above all. He that is of the earth is earthy. And speaketh of the earth, and he that cometh from heaven is above all. John was content. John was content in the mission that God had given him. Secondly, John was committed. John was committed and he was, he was dedicated to the mission. Turn back with me to John 1, please. John 1, verse number 15. John bare witness of him. John told people about Jesus. He let people know. He, he pointed them and he used his voice to tell the good news that Jesus had come to save. Did you know we ought to be committed to be a witness for Jesus like John the Baptist was? Acts 1.8 tells us that we're to be committed uh, to be witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. That's why, that's why we have soul winning. That's why we have blitzing. That's why we have bus ministry. That's why we have uh, Facebook. That's why we have uh, 95.9 FM. That's why we've got Christian school starting. That's why we've got Sunday school. That's why we've got all these things, so that we can be a witness. That's our purpose. That's our mission. And we're not just a, a witness here in Roanoke Rapids. We're supposed to be a witness in our county and the next county. And we're to be a witness in eastern North Carolina and the whole state. And uh, we're to be a, a witness in the whole country and around the world. That's why we support church planners. That's why we support missionaries so that we can be committed to being a witness. Number three, John's mission brought contentment. John's mission caused him to be committed. But John's mission, number three, I want to make it very clear, his mission was one person. His mission was Christ. Christ was at the center of everything that John did. Did you know Christ ought to be at the center of what you do? Now, I know you say, well, but pastor, we only have church on Sunday and Wednesday, and so, you know, we can't come to church every day. I understand that. 
But did you know you can walk with God every day? And you can read the Bible every day and you can pray every day and you can witness every day and you can be a testimony every day and you can make Christ the center of your home, the center of your life, the center of everything that you do. We see in John 1 verse number 17, it says, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for the grace of God. I'm thankful for the truth of God. And we got it all in one package. It came in the person of Jesus Christ. He is our life. He is our mission. Verse number 19, John 1. This is the record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him. They said, hey, John, who are you? I think they were thinking... Maybe this is the guy. Maybe this is the Messiah. Maybe this is the one we've been waiting for. Maybe this is the Savior. I mean, this guy, he is really, he is really preaching it, and he is really strong, and he has uh, really got some great leadership ability, maybe. John was very quick to say, time out. It's not me. I am not the Christ, verse number 20. John said, I'm not taking any glory. He said, it's not going to be a 50-50 split. He said, God gets all the glory. I get none of it. And that's okay with me because my mission in life is to bring glory and honor to Jesus and point everybody to him. Verse number 23, John said, I'm just the voice. He said, I'm just the voice of one crying in the wilderness. He said, I'm not even preaching in the big city. I'm not preaching in, the, in, the, in the, the popular places. He said, I'm out in the wilderness, but I'm trying to let everybody know that Jesus is coming and you better be ready. I see Christ was the mission. Christ was the center. Verse number 27, John said, he it is, speaking of Jesus, who coming after me is preferred before me, whose Shoes latch it, I am not worthy to unloose. Now think about this. This is, the, this is the prophet. This is the one that was prophesied he would come like Elijah and he would prepare the way of the Lord. This is the one that Jesus said there is none greater born of women than John the Baptist. But when John the Baptist got the microphone, here's what he said, I'm not worthy. He said, I'm just a nobody. He said, there's nothing good in me. I'm just a voice. If, if, you, if you could not even have to see me and see my face, if you could just hear my voice, he said, that'd be okay with me because I'm not trying to get anybody to follow me. I'm just trying to get people to follow Jesus. John said, I'm just a nobody who's trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. And friend, I wish that we could get back to that point. We get so filled with pride and we start to think that we've got it figured out and I've been going to church for this long and I've been singing for this long and I've been, I've been in this position for so long. Except for the grace of God, we'd all be in hell. But John the Baptist said, I'm not even worthy to get down on the ground, and I'm not even worthy to unloose the sandals that Jesus walks in. I want to tell you, that's a good old dose of humility. And may God help us to be humble. May God help us to realize that we are nobodies. It's not about us. It is all about Jesus. He pointed people to Jesus. He said, behold, the Lamb of God, verse 29. Behold, the Lamb. He said, look at Jesus. Don't look at me. 
Don't look at the church. Uh, don't, look at, don't look at the members. Don't look at the staff. Don't look at the teachers. Don't look at us. Just get your eyes on Jesus. Christ was his mission. Verse number 37, the Bible tells us that one of John's disciples started following Jesus. Now, hang on. If that would have been today, oh, it would have been World War III. Hey, Jesus, what do you think you're doing? I reached that guy. That's my convert. That's my disciple. Hey, he's with me. You know what John did? Follow on. Keep following Jesus. If somebody stops following us and starts following Jesus, that's not a failure. That's a great success. And can I tell you, Brother Charles, I appreciate what you said. And I hope that this church, I hope you'll have that attitude. I hope you will follow the pastor as long as I'm following Christ. But if the day ever comes that I, I, I lose my mind and I'm preaching a bunch of heresy, I hope you'll have the sense to keep on following Jesus because he's the only one that is worth following. Christ is the mission number four. I want to warn you and I want to tell you this morning that the mission is not always easy. As a matter of fact, in John's life, there came a day when he was cast into prison. And the Bible says that while he was in prison, Matthew 11, he sent his disciples and he sent them after Jesus and he said, Hey, I want you to ask Jesus, say, Art thou he that should come or look we for another? Now, this is John the Baptist. His mission was Christ, but he got in prison and he got some doubts and he got some questioning going on. And I'm sure that old devil was perched up on his shoulder saying, hey, John, you're preaching about Jesus and you're teaching about Jesus. And now he's out there preaching and you're stuck in jail. Maybe Jesus isn't all he was cracked up to be. He sent his disciples, said, would you please ask him, Jesus, is it really you? Are you really the one or are we supposed to be looking for somebody else? There were times of questioning. There were times of confusion. But can I tell you, even when the confusion comes and that time will come, you got to keep your eyes on Jesus. You can't lose sight of the mission. You must determine with God's help and God's grace when the doubts come. And when the trials come and when the burdens come, our mission does not change, friend. We still are to point people to Jesus. Number five, I'll say this, it really went from confusion to a crisis. He's in jail. He's locked up. He's being persecuted. He's being attacked. And friend, uh, brother uh, Dan, I think was mentioned it in Sunday school today, but you will be attacked. And you will be persecuted if you're doing what God has called you to do. That will happen, I promise you. But can I tell you, even when you're attacked, even when you're criticized, it's not about us. And you know, the attack is really not directed to you as much as it's directed towards Christ. You know what they did to Jesus? They crucified him. And you think they're going to love you, and I think they're going to love me. Friend, this world hates Jesus. This world crucified Jesus. But can I tell you this? When the crises moments come, you don't give up. You don't throw in the towel. You lock in and you say, I am committed to the mission. And that is to glorify Christ. I see number six. I see the completion. John's mission was accomplished. 
His mission was accomplished when one day he preached for the last time. And Herod called him in from prison. And Herod had John the Baptist's head chopped off. And you say, oh no, what a failure. Oh no, what a disappointment. Oh no, what a success. Because John the Baptist, he finished the mission. And he stood before the Lord on that day. And I'll promise you this, there was no regret in John the Baptist's heart for the fact that he had stayed faithful to the mission. He finished the mission. He completed the mission. He gave his life, even when it cost him his life. He stayed true. And then I see, lastly, I see the compliment. The compliment, I believe the greatest compliment that anyone could receive, there's really, there's two, I think they kind of go together. One was Herod. Herod, the guy that killed him, he hears about Jesus, and he hears about the preaching and the teaching of Jesus, and Herod had a panic attack. Herod said, oh, no. That guy out there preaching, it was Jesus. Herod didn't know it. That guy out there preaching, it's John the Baptist. He has come back from the dead, and he's still preaching. Can I tell you what a compliment that somebody would look at Jesus and say, that must be John the Baptist. Wow. I hope people see us and I hope they recognize us as a child of God. And I hope it's not the opposite. I hope they're not thinking, boy, that person can't be a Christian. They're as mean as the devil. Boy, that person certainly must not be saved because did you hear the way they were talking in the lunchroom at work? Did you hear the way that they were talking uh, over at the supermarket? Boy, I hope when people see us, I hope they say, wow, that person's a lot like Jesus. i give you another compliment. Jesus was asking his disciples and he said, hey guys, whom do men say that I am? Who, who, what are people saying? Who do they think I am? And the disciples answered and they said, there's a lot of people out there, Jesus, and they think that you are John the Baptist. That ought to be our goal, that we would be more and more like Jesus every day. It ought to be our goal that when people look at us, and, and I'm, I'm, being, uh, I'm, I'm certainly exaggerating a lot on this. I know this wouldn't happen like this. But wouldn't it be wild if people were looking at you and saying, you know, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure if that's Dale Tillery or if that's Jesus. You know, I'm not sure if that's Frankie Marshburn or if that's Jesus. Now, and I know I'm exaggerating here, but wouldn't that be wonderful if people saw a lot of similarities? People saw a lot of the same characteristics. Wouldn't that be great if people saw, uh, we're talking, said, you know, is that, 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 that Mike Sewell or Jesus? I, I'm not sure which one that is because they're, they're both a lot alike. I hope we'll be more like Jesus this week. And I certainly hope that I'll be a lot less like Jeremy Coburnat. And I hope I'll be more and more like Jesus. The compliment was given to John the Baptist that he was like Jesus. I want to ask you this morning as we close, what about your mission? Have you accepted the mission? Have you accepted the mission? Now, I hope you've accepted Christ as your Savior. I hope you've been saved. But once you get saved, there's a mission. There is a job, there is a purpose for your life. And that purpose is in everything you do. 
to point people to Jesus. They ought to see Jesus in you at work. They ought to see Jesus in you at home. They ought to see Jesus with you out on the ball field. They ought to see Jesus in you when you're at the grocery store. They ought to see Jesus in you and me everywhere we go. That is our mission. Maybe you started the mission. Maybe there was a day that you said, yes, that's what I want. But maybe you've gotten sidetracked from that mission. Maybe today is the day to say, you know, I want to get back on the mission that God has called me to do. If you're here today or if you're listening and you're not saved, I want to tell you what John the Baptist said in John 3, 36. He said, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as Savior, I want to tell you, you can't take your chances. You can't just wait and hope for the best. The Bible says that if you do not have Jesus you already have the wrath of God abiding on you. You have already been condemned. It is not a matter of, well, maybe it'll all work out. No, it's Jesus or it's eternity in a place called hell. Can I tell you, Jesus died and gave his life so that you could have everlasting life. But the choice is yours. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.